Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Dutch's potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. We're going to be learning Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi, the only piece in Hilchos Erchen V'charamin, or more properly, Hilchos Arachin V'charamin. This is on the Rambam Perak Vav Halacha Tes Zayin. And Rab Chaim has a short but very nice and fundamental piece on how the concept of Tovas Hana applies to the mitzvah of Bechor and Bikurim and the differences between them. Now, the concept of Tovas Hana means that there is value in a person being able to decide who receives an object that they have to give as a gift. So the classic example of this is if you have something which has to be given to the Kohen, so the owner anyways can't keep it, they have to give it to a Kohen, but they still have a value from this object in being able to decide which Kohen to give it to, because depending on which Kohen they give it to, that person is going to owe them a favor. So the object is not worthless to them, but it has the value of their right to decide which Kohen is going to get it as opposed to other Kohanim. So Rab Chaim is going to analyze how that plays out in regard to Bechor and Bikurim. The Rambam Paskins Hamakdish Shkolo Kodesh. If someone directs their machtsisa shekel, so in the times of the Beis Hamikdash, everyone had to give a yearly donation of a half a shekel, almost like a tax, and that was supposed to be used to buy korbanos, to buy the animals for the sacrifices that were brought on behalf of everybody. But this guy has an unusual request. He wants to direct his shekel to the Bedek Habayis, to the upkeep of the Beis HaMikdash, which was a different fund. So the Rambam says that works. But Higdish Bikurim Lebedek Habayis, Enon Kodesh. If he says that the Bikurim, the first fruits, which was given to the Kohen, and he directs that instead to the Bedek Habayis, that does not work. So there's a difference between the Machtis HaShekel and the Bikurim, that the Machzis HaShakal can be directed to the upkeep of the Beis HaMikdash, the Bikurim can't. But the Rambam says, If the Kohen, after he gets the Bikurim, if he then directs it to the Bedek HaBayis, then that would be Hekdish, and it belongs to the Bedek HaBayis. So the source for these halachas comes from the Mishnah at the end of Shkolim, which says, HaMakdish Shkolim Bikurim, if someone is Makdish, their shkalim and their bikurim, that is kodesh. And then it records that Rab Shimon disagrees and he says, Omer bikurim kodesh, enon kodesh. That if someone is makdish, their bikurim, then it's not kodesh. So this is a very perplexing statement because of course the shkalim and the bikurim are kodesh. So what does it mean to say that he made them kodesh and Rab Shimon holds they can't be kodesh? So the conventional explanation of this Mishnah, which is in the Bartanura, is that it's talking about nowadays when there is no Beis HaMikdash. And the Mishnah is saying that even though the Machzis HaShekel and the Bikurim are dependent on the Beis HaMikdash, but still if someone goes ahead and makes their Machzis HaShekel and their Bikurim 
hektish nowadays when there is no base hamikdash that would still work and there would be sanctity to it. And Reb Shimon disagrees and says it would not work with regard to Bikurim because the Pasuk explicitly says that it has to go up in front of the Beis HaMikdash so you would not be able to make Bikurim with any sanctity nowadays. But the Bartanur already notes that the Rambam disagrees and he understands this mission in a totally different way which is that it's talking about in the times of the Beis HaMikdash when someone had a Machzis HaShekel and a Bikurim that they had already made into Machzis HaShekel and Bikurim with the sanctity of those items. But now they want to direct it to the Bedek Habayis, which is not where they usually go. And according to the Mishnah, they're able to do that. But Rab Shimon disagrees when it comes to Bikurim that you cannot direct it to the Bedek Habayis. So Reb Shimon has a distinction within this halacha that Machzis HaShekel you can redirect, but Bikurim you can't. And the Bartanura asks, according to the Rambam's approach, why should Reb Shimon make a distinction between this? If he accepts the halacha that you can redirect the Machzis HaShekel, why shouldn't that apply to Bikurim also? So the Tosvos Yom Tov in Shkalim, and Rab Chaim here also quotes this approach, points out that the Rambam in this halacha we began with explains the distinction because the Rambam says explicitly that the Kohen himself, once he gets the Bikurim, could redirect it to the Bedek Habayis. So the problem with the owner of the Bikurim redirecting it to the Bedek Habayis is that he doesn't actually own it. The Kohen actually owns it. So how could he designate it for the Bedek Habayis when it's not actually his object? It's the Kohen's object, and that's why once the Kohen takes ownership of it, he could redirect it. As opposed to the Machzis HaShekel, which does not go to a specific person, it goes to the Beis HaMikdash. So there, there's no second owner who's taking ownership of it, and the original owner still has the designation of the owner in order to make decisions about where his Machzis HaShekel is going to go. That's based on a rule called Hektesh Ilui. Someone is able to take Hektish that they made and designate it for something else and the value of that hektish will go to the other cause. So in the same way, the owner has the right to redirect the machzis shekel to the bedek habayis. So this distinction works with regard to machzis shekel and bikurim. But Rab Chaim quotes the question of the Tosvos Yom Tov, and this is a rare reference to an achron and his second reference to the Tosvos Yom Tov in the Sefer. The Tosvos Yom Tov asks that the Gemara in Aruch in Andaf and the Rambam also records this halacha, says that if someone redirects their Bechor, so the firstborn animal, which has to go to the Kohen, and the owner redirects it to be a carbon, that works and there is hektish on the Bechor. So the question is, this seems to be the exact same thing as Bikurim. It's a gift which has to go to the Kohen. So if the Rambam holds like Reb Shimon that the owner can't redirect the Bikurim to be hektish, and the reason is, like the Tosos Yom Tov explained, because it belongs to the Kohen, so the owner has no rights to redirect it. So why is the Bechor different that he could make it a carbon when on the surface it seems to be the exact same situation that the Bechor is a gift to the Kohen, so it's going to be given to the Kohen. Why should the owner have the right to give it over to Hektish? So in brief, that's the Tosos Yom Tov's question. What is the difference between Bikurim and Bechor? 
that the owner has the rights to give the Bechor to Hektish, but not so with Bikurin. So the Tosos Yom Tov has a bit of a more technical answer, which is that the Bechor has some Kedusha before it's given to the Kohen. So it doesn't really belong to the Kohen at that point. It more belongs to Hashem, who then from his portion, so to speak, gives it to the Kohen. So that's why if the owner redirects it to Hekdish, they have the right to do that because the Kohen has less rights to it at that point, as opposed to Bikurim, which is never really Hekdish. There's no special inherent sanctity to it. It's just fruits which have to be given to the Kohen. So the Kohen has much more of a financial ownership of the Bikurim early on, and that prevents the owner from making it into Hekdish. That's the Tosos Yom Tov's distinction. But Reb Chaim's going to give a more conceptual distinction. Reb Chaim says that when it comes to Bechor, the Torah said that it has to be given to the Kohen. So it depends on that act of giving. So, so long as the original owner hasn't given it over to the Kohen, it's still in his reshus, in his domain, and he's able to make decisions and redirect it. That's why it works to redirect the Bechor to Hektish. And not only according to the position that Tovas Hana, the ability to direct which Kohen is going to get the Bechor, is considered Mamon, meaning it has actual inherent financial value. So then certainly the original owner has a real ownership stake in this animal because he can choose which Kohen is going to get it. But even according to the other position that Tovas Hana is not considered real financial value, still, so long as the original owner hasn't given it to the Kohen, there hasn't been that act of Nesina, which is crucial, it's central for the Bechor, it does not belong fully to the Kohen, and that's why he's able to make it hectish. And the proof for this idea is that the Gemara in Temura and Davches says that so long as the Bechor is in the house of the original owners, he could make a Temura, he could substitute another animal for that Bechor. Now, the principle with Temura is that the Miskaper, the one who's going to be atoned, makes the Temura. And when it comes to the Bechor, the rule is that the Kapara, the atonement, belongs to the owners. So putting all this together, it must be that the owner of the Bechor is considered the person whose home it's in. That's why he's able to make a Temura and not the Kohen. And all of this is like Rab Chaim explained because it hasn't been given yet to the Kohen. And likewise, that would explain the Halacha that the owner is able to redirect the Bechor to be hectish because just as he owns it with regard to making it a Temura, so in the same way he's considered the owner to redirect the Bechor to being hectish. But this is different than Bikurim, which we began with, because Bikurim are not given to a specific Kohen. They're given to a Mishmar, to the group of Kohanim who are on duty at that time. So that fundamentally changes the whole nature of Bikurim, that we don't consider it to be a Nisina, that the owners have to give it to the Kohen because they're giving it to a group of Kohanim. And there's no Tovas Hanah, 
We don't say that they have financial value as to who they can give it to. And Reb Chaim says, even though they can choose which mishmar to give it to, so there is some choice that the owners have, but that's not considered tovasana to give it to one group versus another group when they don't decide which Kohen is going to get the actual Bikurim. So since there's no Nasina and there's no Tovasana when it comes to Bikurim, it immediately belongs to the Kohen. There's no extra step which has to happen like by Bechor for it to belong to the Kohen. But as soon as it becomes Bikurim, it's already as if it belongs to the Kohen and that's why the owner doesn't have the ability to change it into Hektish anymore. So the fact that there's no Nesino or Tovasano by Bikurim is what distinguishes it from Bechor. And that in turn is based on the distinction that Bechor is given to one Kohen, whereas Bikurim is given to a group, the Mishmar of Kohanim, who are on duty. But now, says Rab Chaim, that this is such a good approach and it explains so nicely why the owner can't make Bikurim into Hektish. How does the Tanakama in the Mishnah disagree with Reb Shimon? He held, according to the Rambam, that the owner could make Bikurim into Hektish. But according to Rab Chaim's explanation, why should the owner be able to make it Hektish when he's no longer the owner? It belongs to the Kohen. So in order to explain the position of the Tanakama, Rab Chaim points to a Mishnah in Chala in Perak Dalid, which lists the gifts to the Kohen, which can be given to any Kohen, even one that's not very careful with the laws of Tumah, of purity and impurity. And one of the things that can be given to any Kohen is Bikurim. And Rabbi Yehuda disagrees that you cannot give Bikurim to any Kohen. It has to go to a Kohen who's careful in Tumah and Tahara. And the same Machlokas is in Bikurim in the Mishnah at the end of chapter 3. That Rabbi Yehuda says you can only give Bikurim to a Kohen who is a Chaver, someone who is knowledgeable and careful in the laws of Tumah and Tahara, and the Chachamim say that to know you can give it to anyone, Mishmar, you give it to the people on duty, that Mishmar, and then they split it up. So it's the same Machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim. Now, Rabbi Chaim explains that the Machlokas is Mida Oraisa. According to the Torah law, the Chachamim hold that the Bikurim have to be given to the Mishmar, to that group of Kohanim, which means it has to belong to the group, so they shouldn't even split it up amongst themselves. So certainly you can't just give it to one person. Rabbi Yehuda, on the other hand, disagrees with that viewpoint, and he holds that there's no halacha that the group has to own the Bikurim, but the owner can decide who they want to give it to, and they can even give it to one Kohen with Tovasana. So they have the full rights to determine which Kohen is going to get it, and it could even be one singular Kohen, and that's why they're able to choose a Kohen who's a Chaver, someone who's going to treat it properly. So the fundamental machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim is that the Chachamim hold Bikurim has to be given to and belong to the group and Rabbi Yehuda holds there is no such law it can be given even to one Kohen. So given this Machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim says Rab Chaim that would explain the Mishnah that has a Machlokas between the Tanakama and Reb Shimon over whether the owners can make Bikurim into Hektish. It's the same Machlokas as Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim. The Tanakama holds like Rabbi Yehuda that Bikurim can be given to one Kohen. So therefore the owner does have Tovas Hanah. So since there's Tovas Hanah, that gives them an ownership right 
to the Bikurim. That's why when they make it Hekdish, it takes effect. But Reb Shimon holds like the Chachamim of Reb Yehuda who hold that Bikurim has to be given to a group, which means there is no Tovas Hanah, and that's why he disagrees and says that the owners have no financial rights to the Bikurim and their Hekdish is invalid. But even according to the first position, the Tanakama, which Reb Chaim is explaining is the position of Reb Yehuda elsewhere in Mishnayis, they also agree that once... The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. The owner gives the Bikurim to the Mishmar, so the group of Kohanim gets it, then he certainly loses any rights he had to the Bikurim and his Hekdish is invalid. As the Rambam said, that once the Kohen gets it, he can make it Hekdish, but the farmer certainly cannot make it Hekdish at that point. And again, Rab Chaim points out that when it comes to Bechor, all this is different, that the original owner is able to make it Hekdish before he gives it to the Kohen, but that's based on the fact that Bechor does have Tovasana. And there's also a din nisina, there's a halacha that it has to be given to the Kohen. So until that step is taken, the original owner has ownership rights to it and can make it hectish. Now, Reb Chaim ends by pointing out that the Yushalmi in the fourth parak of Chala says that Bechor and Bikurim, both of them are given to the Anshe Mishmar. So this would erase his whole distinction because according to the Yerushalmi, both the Bechor and the Bikurim are given to a group, not to one Kohen. Whereas Rab Chaim's just been developing that when it comes to Bechor, there's Tovas as opposed to Bikurim, there's no Tovas because Bikurim goes to a group and Bechor goes to an individual Kohen. So this would collapse his whole distinction. But, says Rab Chaim, the Rambam himself seems to disagree with this Yerushalmi, because in Hilchus Bechoros, Perak Aleph, Halacha Tesavav, the Rambam says, The Rambam says that a person can give a Bechor to any Kohen that he wants. So it sure sounds like you're giving it to one Kohen. And also the Rambam in Hilchus Bikur in Perak Aleph, Halacha Yud, says that when it comes to Bechor, there's no Halacha of Mishmar. You don't give it to a group. It sounds like you give it to one Kohen. So the Rambam seems to disagree with this Yerushalmi and he holds that the Bechor is given to one Kohen, whereas the Bikurim is given to a group. So based on that, his original psak distinguishing between Bikurim and Bechor when it comes to redirecting to Hektish would make perfect sense as Rab Chaim explained in his whole approach. So this is Rab Chaim's short but fundamental piece. He distinguishes between the mitzvah of Bechor and the mitzvah of Bikurim that when it comes to Bechor, the person has to give it to one Kohen. So that creates a situation of Tovas which means that the original owner has rights in it until he gives it to the Kohen, as opposed to Bikurim, since they're given to a group of Kohanim, even though he can choose the group, but that does not create Tovas because he doesn't decide which exact Kohen is going to get it, and therefore he loses his ownership rights as soon as they become Bikurim, and he cannot make them hectish. Now there's quite a bit of discussion and some different views on some of Rab Chaim's assertions in this piece, and Rab Chaim himself at the end notes that the Yerushalmi obviously has a whole different view of this 
than the way he's explaining the Rambam, because the Yushalmi believes that a Bechor is also given to a group of Kohanim, not to an individual Kohen. So let's take the two major points from Rab Chaim, each one separately, and analyze it. Let's start with Bechor. According to Rab Chaim, there is Tovas Hano when it comes to Bechor, because the Bechor is given to one Kohen. So in the back of the Or Olam edition of Rab Chaim, they quote, that a number of other achronim agree with this basic idea, the Minchas Chinoch and Mitzvah Yudches Os Beis. So he also wonders, should the Bechor be given to one Kohen or to a Mishmarta group of Kohanim? And he quotes the same two Rambams that Rab Chaim quotes, which indicate that according to the Rambam, the Bechor should be given to one Kohen. And similarly, the Or Sameach and Hilchos Bechoros, Perak Alev Halacha Tesvav, also reads it the same as Rab Chaim and the Minchas Chinoch, and he also points out at the end that the Rambam is against what it says in our Yerushalmi, is that the Bechor should be given to the Anshe Mishmar. Now, the Chazon Ish in his margin notes to Rab Chaim, which were published, so he basically agrees with Rab Chaim's approach that the Bechor should be given to one Kohen, but he doesn't think it's possible that the Yerushalmi disagrees with that because he says that's based on a Mishnah in Erchin, and also the Rambam himself quotes the Yerushalmi's position in his Pirusha Mishnayu, so that would be an internal contradiction in the Rambam. So he says that there's a technical solution here, which is that the Mishnah is telling us the basic halacha, that it can be given to any Kohen, and the Yerushalmi is telling us that there was a later Takana, some decree that it should be given to the group, to the Anshe Mishmar, uh, then the question would be, why does the Rambam, though, paskin that it should be given to one Kohen against the Yerushalmi? And similarly, Rab Chaim's son, Rab Velvel Salavechik, in Chidushe Maron Riz HaLevi on the Rambam in Hilchus Pechoros, the first piece. So he has a long piece and he distinguishes between different ways of giving the Bechor. And on page 54, he also tries to explain why the Yerushalmi would not contradict our Mishnah in Erchin, which is the way the Rambam said it, that you should give the Bechor to one Kohen. So the consensus of these Achronim, the Menchas Chinoch and Rab Chaim and the Or Sameach and the Chazon Ish and the Briskerov, Rab Velvel, is that the Bechor should be given to one Kohen. The only minor difference is that whereas the Chazon Ish and the Briskerov try to explain that the Yushalmi wouldn't contradict that, Rab Chaim and the Or Sameach say that the Yushalmi does disagree with that. In the Or Olam, they quote from the Avnei Nezer and Evan Ezer, Simon Tufmem Dalit Oschav Gimel, that he reads the Rambam in line with the Yerushalmi, that the Bechor should be given to the group, to the Anshe Mishmar. So there is some discussion and some debate on this point. Now, Rab Chaim's second major point is with regard to Bikurim, and here he believes that there is no Tovas Hana because they're given to a group. But Rab Chaim says that that itself is a debate between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim. According to Rabbi Yehuda, you give it to an individual Kohen, so there would be Tovas Hanna. So here too, in the back of the Or Olam edition, they quote a number of Achronim who agree with Reb Chaim, the Tiferes Yisrael in Bikurim at the end of Perak Gimel, this is on Mishnah Yud Beis, so he explicitly says what Rab Chaim says, that part of the Machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim is twofold. First, can you give it to one Kohen or do you give it to a group of Kohanim? And second of all, according to Rabbi Yehuda, because you give it to one Kohen, there's Tovas Hanna, but according to the Chachamim, there is no Tovas Hanna. 
So the Teferis Yisrael, and this is also in the Mishnah Rishona, both those commentators read this machlokas exactly like Rab Chaim. And it sounds like that in the Mishnah because Rabbi Yehuda says that you give it to Chaver Bitova. So he says two things. One is you have to give it to a chaver, meaning an individual. And second is you give it with tova. And according to the Tiferes Yisrael and the Missionary Shona, and presumably Rab Chaim, that means you give it with tova sana, as opposed to the chachamim who hold you give it to a group, and therefore there is no tova sana. Now, interestingly enough, the Missionary Shona points out that the Bartanura and the Rambam in his Pirush Mishnayos there in Bikurim, they both disagree with this reading, and they explain that even according to Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that you can give the Bikurim to one individual Kohen, but still there's no Tovas Hana, and they read that line in the Mishnah that you have to give it to a Chaver Betova as saying the exact opposite, that you have to give the Bikurim out of the pure goodness of your heart that you want to give them to the Kohen. It can't be with any strings attached. And the missionary Shona says he's not sure why they would say that because in general, when that word is used, it refers to Tovas Hana, that you could have strings attached and expect a favor back. So it has some financial worth to the owner. But the Rambam and the Bartanura do say that even according to Rabbi Yehuda, there's no Tovas Hana and they read that word a little differently in this context. So according to the Bartanura and the Rambam, they agree with Rab Chaim that there's no Tovas Hana when it comes to Bikurim, but they hold that's not even a Machlokas Tanoim. All the Tanoim, regardless of whether you can give it to one Kohen or a group of Kohanim, everyone agrees that there's no Tovas Hana. So again, there's a strong tradition of Achronim agreeing with Rab Chaim, including the Tvers Yisrael and the missionary Shona in Bikurim, and they read the Machlokas between Rabbi Yudah and the Chacham in the same way. But according to the Chachamim, there would be no Tovas Hana in Bikurim, like Rab Chaim concluded. And they quote also in the Or Olam edition that the Rogichover in Safnas Paneach in Erchen Perik Vav also says like this. But the Chazon Ish has a very different view of this, and his view appears both in Sefer Chazon Ish and also in the marginal notes on Reb Chaim. But he points out that the Mishnah in Meiser Sheni Parakei Mishnah Vav has Reb Shimon himself, who according to Reb Chaim is the Tana that holds that Bikurim has to be given to a group, so in that Mishnah in Meiser Sheni, Reb Shimon talks about an unusual case where you would give the Kohen the Bikurim on Erev Pesach. So the Chazanish points out that Erev Pesach is not one of the established times when they come and deliver the Bikurim to the Mishmar, to the group of Kohanim. So it must mean that you're giving the Bikurim to one Kohen. So this indicates that even according to Rab Shimon, you could give Bikurim to one Kohen. So based on this, the Chazonish concludes that Rab Shimon holds that Midoraisa, on a Torah level, you could give Bikurim to even one Kohen. It was only Midrabanan that they instituted that you should give the Bikurim to the whole group of Kohanim. And the reason was because they didn't want a Kohen to eat the Bikurim in Tuma with a lack of purity. So there were basically two solutions to this problem. Rabbi Yehuda's was to give it to a Chaver, to a Kohen who's knowledgeable and strict on the laws of Tuma and Tahara. And the Chachamim, which is Rab Shimon's solution, was to give it to the whole Mishmar, to the whole group, so that way they would eat it together. And even if one Kohen wasn't so careful, he would probably be more careful in a group. So the Chazonish's position is that Bikurim Midoraisa, according to all Tanoim, can be given to one individual Kohen. And the position which says 
that you should give it to a group of Kohanim is only Midrabbanan. So this, of course, goes totally against Rab Chaim, who said that the Chachamim who disagree with Rabbi Yehuda and say that it has to go to the group, that's a Dindo Raisa, and Rab Shimon agrees with them. Now, in the Or Olam edition, they quote really a very nice find, which is that the Ramban an Bamidbar in Perak Hay Pasuk Tes, so at the end of his discussion, he does say, based on a comment of the Sifri, that we learn from this Pasuk that the Bikurim have to go to the Anshe Mishmar. So that would be very nice support for Rab Chaim that the Ramban derives from this Medrash that it's a Doraisa, that the Bikurim go to a group and not to one person. And this same point is made by Rab Chaim Kanievsky, who's the Chazon Isha's nephew, in his Sefer Derech Emuna on the Rambam Hilchos Bikurim Paragimel Halacha Aleph. So he also points out that this Ramban seems to go against the Chazon Isha's position. And also Rab Moshe Mordechai Schulzinger in his Sefer Pnine Rabbeinu Hagriz on Rab Velvel Soloveitchik. So on page 447, he also goes through this debate between Rab Chaim and the Chazon Ish and points out that the Ramban would support Rab Chaim's position. So that's some of the discussion about Bikurim and Bechor, whether it should be given to one Kohen or a group of Kohanim. Now, there's a third assumption in Rab Chaim's piece, which is he assumes that the issue of whether the owner has tovas hana or not depends on whether you give it to one Kohen or a group of Kohanim. And Rab Chaim explicitly says that if you give it to a group of Kohanim, even if you choose which group to give it to, that would not be tovas hana. So in the back of the Or Olam edition, they quote from one of Rab Chaim's early students in Valozhin, Rab Ruvain Zelig Bengis, who later became a major Rav in Yerushalayim, that he questioned why this should be, and he wasn't sure if this dependency that Rab Chaim's creating is necessarily the case. And he argued that even if you have to give it to a group, maybe that would still be considered Tovasana. So there are some who question that. But very interesting, and we'll end with this, is that Rab Chaim's son, Rab Velvel, in his Chidushim on the Torah, in Parshas Noso, so he has a very beautiful idea, which is based on this idea that his father said, that Tovas Hana depends on being able to give it to one Kohen, and if you're giving it to a group, then there would be no Tovas Hana. So based on that, Rab Velvel had a beautiful reading of the Psukim, in Bamidbar, Perak Hay, Pasuk Tes, and Pasuk Yud. In Pasuk Tes, the Torah says, Any true Malachol Kodshim B'nei Yisrael asher yakrivu la Kohen, any of the gifts which go to the Kohen, lo yihiyah, they shall be his. Then in Pasuk Yud, it says, V'ish es Kedoshav lo yihiyu, isha asher yitain la Kohen, lo yihiyah. That the gifts which are given to the Kohen, when you give it to the Kohen, then it belongs to the Kohen. So there seems to be a discrepancy. In Pasuk Tes, it says that it's automatically the Kohen's, whereas in Pasuk Yud, it says that it becomes the Kohen's when you give it to the Kohen. Said Rab Velvel, based on his father's approach, this makes perfect sense, because in Pasuk Tes, it's dealing with gifts which are asher yakrivu la kohen, things which are brought up and offered to the kohen, like bikurim. So those gifts are immediately the kohens. You don't need to wait for any process to get done. Anything which is offered ceremoniously to groups of kohanim becomes the kohens immediately, even before it's given to them physically, exactly like Rabbi Chaim explained with regards to bikurim.
But in Pasuk Yud, it's talking about the types of gifts which have to actually be given to the Kohen, like the Bechor. So there, it doesn't become fully the Kohen's until it's actually given to him physically. So that's why the Torah says that it's the Kohen's after he's given it in Pasuk Yud. So according to Rab Chaim's approach, Pasuk Tes would be talking about things like Bikurim, which are immediately the Kohen, and Pasuk Yud is talking about things like Bechor, which don't become the Kohen's until it's given to him. So that's a very nice vort, how to read those Psukim based on Rab Chaim's analysis in this piece. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Duchess potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.